Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list, join the Academy for exclusive and censorship-free content, become a patron, and most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the co-founder and technical director for Alpha Vedic, an off-grid farm and wellness co-op focused on innovative solutions for a new era of self-mastery, health independence, and personal sovereignty. He, alongside with Dr. Bear Lando, hosts a weekly podcast called AlphaCast that delves into a vast range of topics related to the new cutting-edge terrain of health, freedom, and spirit science. He aims to elevate the conversation of global consciousness through captivating and positive storytelling processes, new decentralized technologies, and life-changing health and freedom festivals. Welcome to the show, my friend, Mike Winner. What up? What's up, buddy? Matt? Um, Dude, super stoked to be on here with you, man. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm glad we, uh, we, we got it done, man. We have a, an amazing history. You uh, reached out a long time ago. And you said, hey, there's this like uh, doctor guy I work with, Dr. Barry Lando. Like he hasn't been in a, any podcast yet. You should have him on. And then that was like a couple of years ago now. And, um, you know, you you and Bear run such an amazing show, you know, like like I, Bear is brilliant. You're brilliant. I've gone down most of the rabbit holes that exist on what's happening in this world. And then, you know, whenever I see a new one, I'm like, hey, bro, have you seen about this? You're like, oh, yeah, bro. I went into that one like six years ago and was like. I was like, well, what the hell is the deal with it? So, man, you guys know your stuff. You're doing amazing work, but uh, it's great to have you here. Why don't you just share a little bit about your background, everything you're up to, just so the audience can get familiar? Oh, man, where do I start? So, yeah, dude, I got into the whole, I guess you call like the conspiracy stuff, like back in the 90s. Um, my dad actually was really instrumental in, in introducing me to uh, alternative thinking and out of the box stuff. Actually, he was, he's like an avid constitutionalist, very American, grew up in Montana, uh, red blooded American. And, um, he just, uh, he gave me the book, uh, the Jekyll, from, uh, the creature from Jekyll Island when I was in like a freshman in college, if you're familiar with that book about, um, the federal reserve and about money. And now, blew my mind. And so I, that sent me down all these rabbit holes of investigating why is money the way it is and how come we don't know about it? Why is there an all seeing eye on the U S dollar and what is the, all the connections here? And then that routed me into David Icke's work and a lot of these like now godfathers of kind of the truth movement. And this was back in like, you know, the late nineties, pre nine 11. And then when nine 11 hit, I mean, I think we can all remember that day where we were right. when the towers got hit or maybe they didn't get it. I don't know. I still know the jury's out for me on that, whether, you know, how that happened, but we do know that that was a huge pivotal event for the centralized controllers for this domain. And so anyways, that event was like the, the big, big event that really got me thinking about how global systems work and who are the puppet masters and who's involved in terms of secret societies and 
um, you know, think all, all the different nonsense that goes back thousands and thousands of years. And I was a history major at UC Santa Barbara. And so I was um, always very much into history. And I started seeing that basically everything I was learning at university was was wrong or was purposely misguided to put us in a narrative that the centralized controllers want us in. So then I became very passionate about just finding out as much truth as I can about everything, about history, about our government, about military, about um, health and wellness, which came a little bit later as I got to know Bear Lando better through like his son's one of my best friends from the college. So anyways, yeah, I've just been a truth seeker going on since I was about 16. It kind of was kickstarted with out of body experiences and investigating my own like dream states and stuff when I was really young. And so I've always been kind of, I don't know, um, questioning reality since I was a very little kid, actually. I remember my dad would always, I would always be like the kid that had my head down or I had it really in the clouds, but like down, just like not paying attention. I was always in another world. And I, my dad would yell at me like, get your, you know, get your act together. What are you doing? And I was just always like really stuck in my imagination. Like I just, I never really felt, I never really felt comfortable here. I really never did. So um, I was always just seeking, seeking uh, like what is truth, what's reality. And so that's what's led me to here now with Alpha Vedic and what we've been doing the last, God, four or five years now um, with the podcast the last couple of years, bringing all of this information to light of all my research. And of course, with Dr. Lando doing this for decades and decades. Uh, so it's just been a pleasure, man. And I feel like finally I'm getting comfortable in my skin doing this and, and the other things that we're involved with. So yeah, I've, I've worked in Hollywood. I was like an independent reality TV producer. I've been a DJ. Oh yeah, I didn't know that one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, did that. Um, I worked in a indep independent music as well related to that. Uh, and got to like hang out with like rock stars from the seventies. And that was a lot of fun. So I worked in the entertainment industry for a while. I was actually a double major at university. So not besides film uh, history, I was also a film major and I got really, I was always like the kid with the video camera in high school. You know, you and I come from that same um, kind of skate snow um, kind of culture. And I don't know if you remember the whiskey films, the whiskey snowboard films. This was maybe a little bit before your time. They were in the 90s. It was whiskey. They, they kind of predated the, um, what were the other guys that then ended up going on? And Jackass. They oh, kind okay. of predated Jackass. But it was snow. It was a snowboard films where they would go and do stunts and stuff and dress up. There was Boozy the Clown was in them. And he would go into like grocery stores and skate and cause, rec, you know, cause mayhem and stuff. And so we were really influenced by that. In high school so i was always the kid with the camera videoing us like skating in bonds and like going and messing with like you know the drive-ins at mcdonald's and stuff and just being silly so i've always had a camera on me so i've always been really into film and storytelling and that's something we're injecting into alpha vedic with um with our projects that we're working on now on, on the more in the docu side of things so um for me film and storytelling has always been a really important part of my life and something that i do now through the podcast and through alpha vedic and other and, and other uh, elements of my life that's amazing, man. Well, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Alpha Vedic, I recommend the podcast 100%. I've had Bear on here a few times and well, more than a few and, and always love talking to women between you and Bear and the guests you, you get. 
it's it's a very knowledgeable trifecta you know you're you're you guys all have a massive wealth of knowledge a really great podcast a really great intention plus with what you're doing with alpha vedic as far as the supplements and the farming and, and teaching people about you know really rethinking health rethinking wellness and how important is that now where when this started happening and, and i was trying to figure out what's going on with coronavirus bear was my first call you know i was like what yeah. like should i be afraid of this thing what should i be doing with my daughter like what do we know and um you know very grounded uh, has an incredible history um, and then you, you and him on the podcast work so well together to really dive into these amazing topics. And so, um, you know, there's a you, lot of ways. Can I, can I interject one thing about Bear Lando? Oh, sure. Yeah. Shout out to Bear. <laughs> Maybe you're watching. Probably not. No. Um, he's, he's, he's either he's sleeping not. or farming, you know, getting him on some technologies. Uh, Let's see. Eat. It's five o'clock right now. He's probably settling down after a long day outside and uh, has a book. And maybe uh, <laughs> is eating his first meal of the day. He's like me, dude. We're like one meal a day guys. Yeah. He kind of introduced me to that. And now I've really kind of taken that up. And uh, I really love that. Anyways, um, you know, the first person I went to that really opened my eyes to alternative health, germ theory, and the stuff we talk about all the time, terrain theory, like individualized health, what is disease was uh, I went to bear when we were going to have my first child and kind of started looking into the vaccination thing. And, you know, and this was back in 2011. And I was already pretty vocal as a kind of very questioning mainstream medicine, allopathy uh, and everything. Like I, um, in a kind of ironic way, I was raised in a hospital because my mother was a, um, she ran uh, emergency rooms and later hospitals. She was an ER, uh, she was an ER nurse and then worked her way up through administration all the way up to uh, at one point being the acting CEO of UCI Medical Center. And so my growing up, my daycare was going and hanging out in the ED in the emergency room. And I just hate hospitals. <laughs> I hate because of that. But uh, so I, I, you know, I haven't been to a doctor for a checkup since 2005. Um, and I won't ever again. Uh, but mainly thanks to Bear Lando, because uh, I was like, you know, doing all this research. And you know how tough it is, Matt, <clears throat> Matt, to like find quality information when you start researching things like vaccines, especially nowadays with uh, the memory hole, the Google memory hole. So I was really kind of at an, at odds, you know, cause obviously we as parents want the best for our kids. We want to make the best decisions. And also there are societal pressures, of course. And I wanted to, you know, do what's right. So I went down all the rabbit holes being the conspiracy researcher I am and was very alarmed with what I saw. And so then I called bear and then we had like a you know, two and a half, three hour conversation that went really deep, but also very much into um, how our bodies work, the energetics of them that were electrical in nature and how our, what our quote unquote immune system is, if we even want to call it that, what disease is, what is the nature of disease and how in fact allopathy in general, what we call Rockefeller medicine has no concept of what disease is. In fact, it's all inverted right with the war with the war model of of germs and um and what actual um you know pharmaceuticals are uh so um that's how like with you going to bear with covid like that was me back in 2010 2011 with the vaccination thing and that the vaccination thing was what really kind of woke me up to the problems that we have with mainstream medicine with the pharmaceutical cabal um and how they have their hands in all aspects 
of our culture, of our society, of entertainment, me coming at that time working in Hollywood, um, seeing just how powerful they were the cultural memes that they they forced down our throats with through academia and through uh, all the control systems so anyways yeah bear lando was uh, uh, a massive massive help to our family and i feel like we've made the right decision for those who are still thinking about it i have a, a seven-year-old a nine-year-old never had the jab um never go to allopathic unless they had to do their like couple different checkups you know um for certain like sports and stuff and we went to like an old school doctor who um, was just super cool. And um, they are fit as a fiddle. They are never sick. They went, you know, they went through their, their typical two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old sniffles, had some flus and stuff like that with the fevers, which was the natural adaptation process that the body needs to go through, that we let the body go through. Uh, and they are healthy, vibrant, super intelligent, super spiritual, super tapped in little beings. And um, that was the number one takeaway I had from Bear was he said, if you want your kids to be tapped into source and to be intelligent and to be top of their game, do not vaccinate because it's far beyond just the health aspect. It's, it has to come with the soul, the, the body, mind connection, and all of those other elements that play into things that even modern medicine have no concept of, right? So yeah, he's a, he's a special person for sure. Well, you know, you, you said a lot there and, and uh, it's, it, that's such a huge topic. And I know that you guys have done full podcasts on, on that and, and we can go into a little bit, you know, I, I think that this new vaccine is especially dangerous with the MRNA and by definition, uh, uh, Dr. David Martin was saying by definition, it's not even a vaccine. It's not a live virus. It doesn't prevent you from getting uh, COVID, um, which is just a group of symptoms now that he shows. He's like, it's not even a thing. It's just a group of symptoms that they've lumped mm -hmm. together. Um, and it doesn't prevent from spreading it. And now we've got the additional things with, you know, the health passports with you and I knew this months ago, we were able to call it all out. And it's interesting. If you know, you're online, well, all of my friends and the people I'm following, we've been, we've been accurate with what we've seen, what we've seen and what we've predicted because they have to write this down. And then we just, we just take them at their word and, you know, add up some things together and it just makes perfect sense. It moves in a, in a direction uh, that's quite obvious if you have the time to do the research. So I guess what I'd ask you is kind of like a bigger question because right now we are in a massive state of confusion. Even for us who dig into stuff, you know, my eyes were sore because I go out and take a couple of days off and then all of a sudden I'm 12 hours in, 1.75 on YouTube, going through articles. It's just like mayhem. You know, and I come out of the hole, like, you know, hours later, my eyes are all beady. I'm like, what did I even learn there? Then I go into the community. I hope you're wearing your blue blockers, bro. I know. I got to start wearing them more. You know, I need the daytime ones because I'm just fixed at this screen. Um, yeah. But, you know, let's see. Let's see where we land on, um, on my hypothesis. I did a video today and kind of be like, okay, what the hell's happening here? Since March, I thought that the U.S. was under attack by uh, China. One of the things I've learned from Mark Patelic and other, and I did my research on it, uh, the Jesuit group, I don't exactly have a lot of information on them. I did watch Follow the Cabal 2, which goes into the Kaiserian Mafia, the origin of the Jesuit organization and the international bankers. Well, they actually funded the CCP, right? So they could mm -hmm. be propping them up and kind of leading them a bit. When I was working on the project to bring awareness to the forest organ harvesting, um, the main guy there who spearheaded the project, um, Nick Janicki, he's an amazing guy. He said, you know, there's a prophecy set that says when the red dragon rises, the great awakening will happen. And that the red dragon is the CCP because they believe that they're uh, supposed to rule the world. 
And I've always made a joke too, as a side note that I was like, you know, if aliens exist, maybe it's just like Chinese people because you don't understand the language. You know what I mean? They're amazing. <laughs> They've got advanced technology. You know what I mean? I was like, why not? Like, why couldn't they be super similar? You know, I was like, it would make perfect sense if uh, they how, were the ET. How racist of you, Matt. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but I could be an ET, you know, we're all, we could all be different races. We all like, are. I think we all are ETs. Yeah, right. So, so different uh, skin colors, histories, you know, like some people, when you go down the rabbit hole, they say the black people are the origins in Africa. Now I've heard all kinds of things. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so well, you have I, the red bearded giants that were on North America that the Smithsonian had, has covered up since the 1800s. See, I've heard um, about the giants, but I didn't know the red bearded. So you have, I have more of the details. I've heard about the giants and the giant skulls and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, all right. So let me continue this thought and then, then jump in. So if you, uh, if, if the States is getting attacked by China using the coronavirus to mess with the election. Um, then you've got the globalists, which have now been so overt. Facebook, Google, YouTube. Shut, we've watched it in real time. Anything goes against the coronavirus info is shut, banned, shadow banned, deleted, exiled. So something's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're obviously weaponizing the coronavirus for political gain. And then we know from Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, and all these things, what they want to do is put us into a technocracy. Um, you know, put a chip in your arm that says this. You start with the an ID for your vaccination, but then it goes into a chip, cashless society, things like that. So now we've got Washington, we've got troops everywhere. There's a lot of speculation. Some people think the US military is gonna be in charge and they're gonna take these deep seat out. Some people think that uh, Biden and Harris are gonna get in and then you know CCP is gonna rule and we're all toast. Um, then you've got every other theory, but those are the two main ones. And uh, you know, I think that you guys have a second amendment for a reason. And I can't see the U.S. military being compromised, although maybe at the top um, there could be some people. But I think that by nature, leaders are good people. And you also have the Second Amendment and the will to defend your house, your livelihood, your community, your loved ones is so much stronger than the will to oppress. And for that will to oppress to uh, rule, you need people to enforce that. And they need to be really convicted and also confused. Right. So that clarity of protecting your family and your friends and and having that Second Amendment, I I can't see how um, the USA would lose this. And so that's my huge rant. Appreciate you listening. And uh, just curious where where we align with that or where we might differ. Man. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hopium being sold out there right now, you know, and I won't mention names, but there are some people that are crushing it on social media right now and on YouTube and stuff with their numbers because they're really slinging out the hopium of that there's uh, the insurrection acts been signed and that the that the uh, troops are there to arrest Biden and the deep state actors and and all that and that you know that would be awesome but I tell you what I don't think that's how the universe works and I'll, I'll tell you why we are in a battle of the minds right now and right now we are on that perfect polarity if you look at the stats if you look at kind of and not that a lot of these stats are are perfect but unfortunately it seems like there's a lot of people in the millennial and y gen that are really bought into statism and have bought into progressivism which it's playing on their heart because progressivism if you just look at it from a very kind of top surface level messaging, it seems really good, right? It's about the environment. It's about um, uh, social justice. It's about um, giving people free education. It, um, it's about 
um, all these lovey-dovey, really good feeling things that we talk about all the time on the podcast. However, it's, it's, the problem is, is that it's not taking into, into factor everything you just mentioned is that we live in it right now in a world that has control systems set by very centralized forces. And progressivism, their solution is always statism. It always is more feeding more into that centralization. So we've got a lot of people who though with the BLM movement, which Black Lives Matter, you, you from the outside, it's yeah, of course Black Lives Matter, right? That seems like that's that's a good thing. And I have family and friends that that are really passionate about that topic. But if you actually do just a tiny bit of research and you fall into George Soros and you fall into all these NGOs that are in fact uh, getting money directly from those Jesuits you mentioned, which are in fact running all of the world currency and are all funneling this in as a brand for more centralization, then all that is is a is a big honey trap. So my point of all this is, is that we are in a we're in a war for the minds to waken people up. And if we if and I personally think if the military was to just step in and save us all and arrest all these people, how karmically is that going to really help us? Right? We have to do the work. We need our collective consciousness to evolve a lot more. And it's not going to happen, I don't believe, if these white hats just come in and do all the work. So it's a tough thing to hear. People don't like hearing this. People want to hear the hopium message. That's why folks that are playing the cue card and, and doing the things with the, with, um, the white hats are getting a million views a video. But it's a lot harder to go, okay, we got to pull our boots up. We got to get to work. We got to, you know, start working with our community, start um, being more active in our, in our, uh, uh, in our, you know, ability to change our lives right now internally and around us with our decisions. And, and I feel like it's the same trap that allopathic medicine does for people who think they have disease or they go to the doctor to give them the medicine to feel better. It's like, I'm going to go to these YouTubers to tell me that someone's going to save me so I can go back to the way it was watching football, drinking beer and eating Cheetos. We need a reset on our level, on our terms. We do. And the masterful puppet masters invert all these truths into the great reset so that those who are stuck in progressivism, who are stuck in these, these top level ideas, look at that and go, well, yeah, we do need a great race, great race, great, great reset. So personally, when it comes to Wednesday, I think the best thing that can happen is to have 20,000 soldiers surrounding nothing and watching this obvious um, plant, implanted um, technocratic um, you know, stooge for the new world order come into power so that we can see just how ridiculous the system is and how ridiculous it is and give us more the power then to spread awareness and wake up those who are stuck on progressivism. And maybe we let Biden roll it out a little bit so they can start to see just how bad it is because it's terrible and it will continue to self-destruct. It will continue to eat itself because the parasite will always need a host. So for us in Alpha Vedic, we just ride punches first. First of all, we just did a podcast on agrarianism as a solution because agrarianism is a philosophical mindset that was actually the foundation for the greatest, greatest kind of civilizations, if you go by kind of mainstream history, in the last 2000 years. Romans, the Greeks, 
in the US, you know, the Republic here was all based on agrarianism, which was that individuals took responsibility of their lives by getting their hands in the dirt, growing their own food, essentially being farmers, like all the founding fathers we talk about were, were farmers pretty much, right? Um, and what that does is that counters the political class because the, the way centralization, and I would say our, our utmost enemy right now is centralization because centralization is the beast that essentially dehumanizes. And it is the, is the thing that the puppet masters always use to control the masses. Where decentralization, that's why I'm into crypto, and that's why I'm into blockchain and public blockchain protocols and stuff, is the way nature actually works. Nature is inherently decentralized. So I, I wish I could give like that great conspiracy answer. It's like, yeah, I know, I know the generals and they're, they're ready and it's a big trap and they're just waiting for the final, you know, the narrative that it's the final like um, um, way that the Biden and the deep state are going to totally uh, uh, show that they have gone full tilt in the corruption and then boom, the trap will be set. They're arrested and the world turns like that. And we move back. It doesn't, I don't think it works like that. I don't think karmically it can work like that. I think we're going to have to do the work and we're going to have to really help a lot of people get spiritual, go inward, discover themselves and realize that the state is not the answer that um, other externalities aren't the answer. The answer is inside all of us. And that is the one route that I see. The other route is the great ascension, right? Is that maybe this is the two timelines splitting off. And maybe Matt, you and I, because we are doing the work, maybe we do get the white hats help us. And maybe our future in two days is that cool world. And maybe all those other folks that are, you know, um, aren't doing the inner work and aren't are externalizing stuff. Maybe they go down into the Biden hell scape. Um, I don't know. Those are two fun theories of mine. Um, a lot of the esoteric circles, the mystery schools talk about this time and they talk about how there could be a time when you literally will go into a different ascended realm. And those you used to know aren't there anymore. They're gone. Like we, you turn one day, like you are now on another timeline and people are gone. And they talk about, I mean, the scripture talks about that, right? They talk about that in the apocalypse, right? Um, and what's it called? It's when like some people leave and some people stay. And is it the harvest? I mean, is that what that is? The, the harvest. Yeah. And that's, you know, so maybe that's what the vaccine is. So um, I don't know. It's what, what's important to me is we have fun with this, right? It, I, I enjoy it. Like, I'm like you, dude, I go down, like, I'll go down like two or three hour late night, fun, hopium rabbit holes of watching these guys and like all the fun stuff with Q and with all this, it's fun. But I, the, the key is don't let it take over your life because in the end, something I always like to talk about is like, and whether you believe in the, this happening during world war two with, with the internment camps and, and the Holocaust, I don't care, but there are great stories of people that were in and have been in really wretched places like Auschwitz, who ended up having still an experience that they were able to transmute into something that was wonderful. And it was able to then grow from and live an amazing life. And I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's this magician that was in a concentration camp that ended up getting out of it. And during, well, while he was in the concentration camp, and I might have to look this up during the show so I can remember his name, but he figured out how to heal himself. Um, cause he was in so much pain and, 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 um, uh, he was a, a German Catholic, I think. And he ended up being able to stick needles through his arms without bleeding. 
Well, and so he ended up using this and becoming a famous magician in the United States and ended up doing magic tricks in front of the president and all these things. And he's a famous guy. I'm blanking on his name, but I, I love him as an example of somebody who was able to transmute like the darkest realities because he knew spirituality, he knew his essence and who he was, was more important than what's going on in the 3D. And that's, I think, a lesson we all need to always remember because life is on this. We, we chose to come here, right? We chose to come here. We have a mission. It's important for us to realize what that mission is and focus on that and, and, and transmute the, the inner, our inner sanctum into the outer. And that's how we do it. So, but the, the conspiracies are fun. Well, man, I love that answer. Part of it I don't like because uh, I would like I would like a savior and I'd like uh, the bad people who are, are very obviously terrible, um, especially when you get into the human trafficking and things like that to be taken out and those systems to be removed. And at the same time, I feel like it's very important that we become our own uh, masters and saviors. You know, it's always like, you know, the, and that's what centralism is. Uh, centralization is, is let me take care of you. That's what they're trying to do. Um, you know, when you're talking about farming, you know, I just saw Bill Gates owns the most amount of farmland and what's going on with that. And so it's, it's learning these fundamental tools so we can have our own uh, sovereignty and our own um, sustainability. Like we can take care of ourselves. And what's been really cool about this is that all the people that I've connected with that are looking at what's going on, um, they're all people of good character. And every one of them is like, you know what, if it goes to crap, I would be happy to live in a community where I had food, water, shelter, and uh, we were working together, you know, like the human spirit and, and what's most important uh, to us. And, and these people have let go of the materialist uh, world that we live in and you know, with all the people out there right now, I have lots of friends and I look online and it's just crazy. So many people are still tied into the matrix and they literally just like, you know, in the matrix, um, they become agents. It's like all this uh, programming and MK ultra and everything that they've used is now being enacted and, and they become, I, I don't know if you said this, but kind of like the hosts. And when I looked at, uh, you know, Rwanda and some of the genocides, because I've been curious about why war happens and starvation and things like that. And, you know, with the Rwanda genocide, they would play, uh, gave one side radios, played propaganda over and over, then dropped in friggin' machetes and they went in and it dehumanized the other tribe. And what happened was the virus was the propaganda and the body became the host, the parasite. And it went and it enacted against another individual. And it's very dark and, and powerful stuff. But I feel dark like magic, that's, bro. It's dark yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what's going on now. And you know, in, in the spiritual text, in the Bible, and in, in a lot of these esoteric things, it does talk about a splitting of timelines. I find that uh, curious, uh, maybe, but I feel like at the end of the day that the only thing we can really do is have our connection with spirit and the creator and make those choices of an integrity and what you stand for. You might perish in this uh, thing, but you might perish at any time, but you're going to know uh, whether you're going to sell your soul. Are you going to be one that picks up a machete? Are you going to be one that does that? Now, I also think about when I say that um, some of the agenda to not have good people stand up, I think that we can protect our family, you know, and that's why I feel like the spirit of uh, nature of goodness of life will win because that spirit to protect in an honorable way is very different than the spirit to oppress. 
right? To go around and, 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 and harm people who are not ready or not willing, you know, or not engaging. But if you're trying to take something from someone who's asking you to leave, you don't respect the no, then groups of people can form together and say, look, just go away. You know what I mean? We can defend ourselves. And that's why you've got freedom of speech, uh, freedom of assembly. And interestingly, uh, it was Bear telling me in a private conversation after uh, one of the podcasts, the three visions of Washington. Do you know about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, he's telling me about that. So isn't isn't that what's what's the third one all about it? it, The third one is when we actually have war on our soil. Right. When enemies are on on your enemies are on our soil and it's supposed to happen right around now. That's And also um, Rudolf Steiner talked about this. Um, The the great um, ascended masters teachings um, like St. Germain talk about how America. So America itself is extremely kind of um the the land is has a lot of history that we don't know about that's what i was talking hinting at the red bearded giants before and this mm. goes back to lumeria it goes back to multiple cycles of rise and fall and it's a it's a very holy place um we're pretty close to mount ash uh, excuse me mount um not at mount ashland but um uh where saint germain uh is uh, uh why am I blanking on it right now? Uh, you know, it's the holy mountain here in Northern California. Um, I'm having a huge brain fart right now. It'll come to me in a second. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I talk to people, multi-generation people here and say, yeah, that's where Lumeria was. And there's a whole um, legend of, of the Lumerian, um, you know, fifth density or uh, city underneath it. Um, and, uh this is driving me crazy. You know, the mountain I'm talking about, it's like the, the very mystic mountain in North America here in Northern California. We were, cause we were talking about Mount Ashland before we started the, uh, uh, the podcast about skiing. And now I've got that stuck in my head. Anyways, it'll come it'll, to me. It'll come Mount, to you, yeah. Mount Shasta, Mount oh, Shasta. Shasta. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, when you drive by Mount Shasta, you just feel that energy. And so there is this, there's multiple storylines of the role that, that America, and this includes Canada, too. North America will play in the, in, in the kind of freeing of the world. And it, it relates to George Washington's vision. It relates to what St. Germain says. It relates to, um, you know, uh, some of the like great mystics. Um, also, uh, Edgar Casey talked about it. And so we are in those times right now. And I do believe that, um, you know, we are going to see something crazy happened in our lifetime where we're going to be in a new epoch. I do believe that. I believe we're going to be, my kids will be living in a completely different epoch than we know with our like standardized known last, you know, 6,000, 7,000 years of history. Um, I do believe that. And I do believe where we are, you and I, Matt, in North America, we'll be leading that. So how that's going to work and play out, I don't know, but you're right. We do have the constitution, constitutional foundation for that. Um, and also this lies also into universal law, common law. I know you've had Cal Washington on your show as we have, and there's a lot of um, amazing things in the United States that still allows for people to have state sovereignty and um, do certain things so that we can essentially be living men and women, like you mentioned, Mark Vitalik earlier, who does a, you know, has a whole business around this, um, with, uh, with different equity law and jurisdictions. And this is a whole rabbit hole. Most people don't know about, but people are finally waking up to this. The fact that we've been basically under the jurisdiction of maritime law throughout the entire West, really the most, most of the world. And every single country is actually a corporation. Um, 
And that's another thing why I chuckle about status is like they say, well, the government is good. Well, the government's no different than IBM or Microsoft. It's a corporation. The president, as it is now, is just the acting CEO of US Inc., United States Inc. And that's actually another funny little theory right now is that maybe they'll let Biden continue on to be the CEO of US Inc. And Trump will now be the actual real president of the republic. So lots of lots of interesting narratives there. But my point of all of this is that I do see something big happening. And I don't know if it's going to be in two days from now. I, I really don't think it's that. I don't think it's, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like that to me yet. But I feel like in the next four years, I really feel like I think we need Biden in there. I think we needed all this to happen so that the, the sleeping giant can awaken. And um, this is really like a, a thousands and thousands year old battle, by the way. I don't know if you're familiar. You, you mentioned the, the red dragon rising, but I don't know if you're familiar with the, um, the two bloodlines of the, the serpent and the eagle. No, um, I know anything. I know a little bit about Anki and Enlil and the Sumerian mm -hmm. tablets. Is that similar? Yes, it goes back to the Emerald Tablets which is unique because that is actually found in Mesoamerica, right? But it has the same storylines as Sumerian texts, which is fascinating. It's also the Book of Enoch uh, and uh, a lot of those, those um, initial early Christian texts, the Gnostic texts talk about this. And it goes back to the original kind of two battling bloodlines of, of uh, really Lumeria uh, and how Right now, we've been under this like tyrannical rule for thousands of years under the, the eagle, the eagle bloodline. And it's actually, believe it or not, the serpent bloodline, which is really not, that's why they always invert the stories to show the serpent is evil and everything with the serpent represents the Kundalini. And the Kundalini is, the, is our, our true essence, our true energetic um, power as, as infinite consciousness. Um, and you, if you look at all like the regimes that have controlled the world uh, over a long time, they usually have an eagle as their symbol. And what's the what does U.S. Inc. have as its symbol? As the is the eagle with the serpent in its talons. Interesting, right? So, hmm. um, but what is the um, what is the the revolutionary flag that we see all the time? Don't tread on me. It's the serpent. It's the snake. So there's a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to the symbolisms here. And so um, the Luciferian, you know, kind of experiment that we've been involved with for thousands of years has to do with that Eagle bloodline. And they basically made a pact to service to self and to dominate, dominate this plane through um, centralized force and against natural law. And I believe finally we're breaking through that and we get to go back to the other wave of the cycle where we're going to now go into the Aquarian age of the air where we are going to finally be able to breathe again and um, envelop more of this, um, the natural law and the great awakening. I do believe all that's happening. I just don't believe it's going to happen in two days with mass arrests. So, um, but this is stuff we talk about all the time in the podcast. It's really, the esoteric's really important. It's really important to understand because that is the hidden knowledge that we need to know. And I feel like a lot of tr these truthers nowadays are trying to put that all in the box of like Luciferianism, Satan Satanism and stuff. And really that's not the truth. Esoteric just means hidden knowledge. And so I think it's really important that we all understand a lot of you know what where we're coming from what our real history is because it's going to really open up a lot of eyes and allow us to help wake up a lot of those normies who are really stuck in this paradigm um 
you know, of materialism. Yeah, man. Well, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I, I think that it's, it's definitely plausible that we need things to get way worse for the general public to wake up. The challenge with that is with the vaccines rolling out and all of them lining up to get it, they might be too late before they even have the opportunity to get through this, um, you know, experience. And I find the serpent versus the eagle bloodline is so fascinating because like you said, uh, U.S. has not been a republic since, what is it, 17 something, whatever? I mean, basically almost right after the <laughs> Revolutionary War, they were co-opted with the with the first, um, uh, the trust that was made because we, the U.S. was in massive debt. And so essentially, in order to um, push back the debt, they made a deal with the crown, which created this trust, which became the first corporate uh, trust for the government. And then they they pushed that every what 70 years or whatever. So we're in our third iteration of it in 1999 or 2000. And that's why that election was supposedly really weird. There's a lot of like storylines and narratives behind the trust of what the U S Inc is and it's changed. But if you guys want to like go down those rabbit holes, just look up like uh, the U S incorporation, um, why everything's all in caps, um, and like what your birth certificate is. I mean, there's a lot of information and we've done some podcasts on it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately the idea of the Republic has never really been able to come to fruition because, um, it, uh, was co-opted from the very beginning by the, by these, um, these Eagle forces, these Eagle bloodlines, which are related to the Rothschilds, but the Rothschilds are just like a sub level subsurface family line. There's like Royal family lines that people don't know about that are like barons and dukes and you know live in castles that are doing blood sacrifice and all this creepy stuff that are trillionaires really i mean they don't they don't have measurable wealth their assets aren't measurable in fiat and so when we see the forbes list say that now you know um tesla bro can you believe this? He's like the richest man in the world now or something. I just like saw that. Yeah. And I was, was like, oh, huh. smoking weed with Joe Rogan last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like he's not. Of course yeah. he's not. He's not even close. But yeah, um, there's no there's no way they put him on there. And and well, that's one of the things that that some of the uh, hopium people are spreading. And, and I have the hopium. I have the hope and prayer because I know give what me the some, plan. give me some. I know, I know. I have I because I know what the plan is on the other side. I'm like, oh god, that's so terrifying. Um, but I do think that we as an in, as individuals and communities need to find the solutions and it would be amazing yeah. if if the united states actually became a real republic and for people to understand what the difference is and how they're getting you know basically um you know sheared by the globalists and just taking all your stuff and and um they're not they're not under tr a true republic so that would be fantastic and i and i think too even if biden gets in or whatever happens the more people wake up and cooperate for life affirming principles, um, all of that spiritual magic and goodness um, will begin to manifest like in the Bible and many other spiritual texts. It says something along the lines that um, when two or more gather in my name, the spirit is there. Uh, somebody's going to correct me on that, but it's that idea, yeah. right? The power of community. When I was with training with all the indigenous elders, they always said the power of community um, was so important. And actually one of my uh, friends is going to be coming on the podcast. He's a former pro basketball player and uh, he's also a native American. And so we are talking about some different things. And he said, you know, in our, in our history, the uh, turtle Island or, you know, Canada, USA, and Mexico had an opportunity when, when they came over to be at the superpower. 
right? To like really usher in a new era. And uh, the, the people that came over decided to go the other way with it. And so now we're dealing with those consequences. And so we would really need to heal the relationship with the indigenous people of the lands, um, really understand so how important. to work together. Yeah. And so if we brought all that knowledge back, all the indigenous people that I've studied with have a 20,000 year history. All yep. of them uh, know how to work with community. Uh, they have a very different way of governing things, a, a very different respect for all of life. Uh, it, it's a very grounding and important thing. And, and if I look at the agenda and what's going on, it seems like at the root of it, they want to disconnect us from our soul and spirit. They want to disconnect mm -hmm. from community. They want to disconnect from each other, like obviously divide and conquer. Not only are we not dis not connected to our brothers and sisters we're hating them for these differences you know what i mean we're hating people because they look different because they ha speak a different language because they have a different belief um and that's why i love the idea of like team earth you know and um yeah we all have these differences but they're they're beautiful you know when i was talking about the you know maybe um people in china are the ets but i also say that about uh finland you know what i mean because maybe finland's <laughs> already ascended and everything's so beautiful and clean over there and we talk about the uh i forget the nordics what the, the nordics right so maybe they're the nordics and we're going to be in this crap and then they just come over in these beautiful crafts yeah. that are all you know in harmony and they're like you know come on up and i just always see them as just like this evolved uh people and country like maybe that's it and maybe like with the yeah, i know you you know about david weiss and the flat earth stuff and one of the things I love about that concept is the the ring around Antarctica and how there's there could be other continents. Like mm -hmm. we don't. There's a, I was watching Thirty Rock the other day, and uh, this I love that show. It's so funny, and um, <laughs> and uh, she's uh, whatever his name is, uh, the head CEO guy Baldwin. He's like talking yeah. about uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and he goes, "They're negotiating." He's like, "All right, Jerry, I'll tell you, but you got to tell me about that secret island only the super rich people know about." You know, yeah. <laughs> and then he it tells them the name, and like that would be so easy. You know, it would be yeah. so easy to do. And if you were in a very poor country, you didn't have the internet or, you know, go back in time. You don't, you don't know what exists. It's such a fascinating thing. There's even parts of our own continents that you can't go to, or, you know, there's so much left to be explored. So, um, you know, there seems to be a lot of disclosure going on um, as far as government documents and things like that. When you were talking about the red giants, I've never heard of them. I've heard about giants, but I didn't know specifically. Um, how do you think the role of uh, extraterrestrials, or if this is, it's kind of two separate questions. I'm just saying what I'm curious about now. Um, how do you think the role of extraterrestrials play in what's happening here in our history? Because it does talk about a genetic modification, Enki and El Enlil and the uh, Sumerian tablets and all that kind of stuff. Um, I forget my second question. So we'll just start with that. You know, yeah, this is something I've been passionate about for so long, and it's it's constantly changing in my mind because that's just a, a you know riddle wrapped in an enigma, right? With all the <laughs> the extraterrestrial stuff and the whole scene of you mentioned flat Earth and like the flat Earth um, movement would discount the idea of extraterrestrials. They would say maybe there was an angelic host, or right that comes down. It's more of a spiritual thing, and to me, it's seeming more and more like. I'll have a couple answers here that most of the nat like the, the supernatural phenomena that we from ghosts to um, to Sasquatch to gray aliens, I think that's all kind of tied in together. I think those are all hyper trans kind of dimensional entities that we can actually we have a direct connection with through our consciousness and that we can create these thought forms in and actually we have ability 
consciously together to manifest some of these things. But I also do think there are third party entities like Sasquatch. I do believe Sasquatch is real living up here and all the stories I've had and some of the experiences I've had. And I believe that is an, in a way an ET, right? It's a, it's a hyper-dimensional being that can, has, has been here way longer than we have. Um, and that has, uh, has the ability to do things in the field that we don't understand and is way tapped, more tapped into their heart and all this stuff. So I believe as far as humans go, looking at our DNA and looking at the obfuscation of our history, it seems like it does make sense that maybe we are part of a mass experiment and that could be something more angelic. It could be something where why everything matters so much about us um, in terms of our evolution and our consciousness and everything. Maybe we are the grand experiment in the cosmos. Um, or if you want to do on the flat earth perspective, we are the grand experiment on in the realm. Um, but it does definitely seem like um, a lot of the woo-woo can be all connected to, uh, to the electric universe ideas and consciousness and that, um, you know, that basically like a gray alien uh, and like a Nordic and, a, and a, a, the Anunnaki and all that. I think we can tie that all into a, universe, a unified field of study, a unified theory of consciousness and of um, uh, the electrical polarity of thought, that thought manifests reality and that I personally think, I believe in the simulation theory. I don't believe in the synthetic simulation theory. I believe that this is all a, a holographic form of thought and that, that we live in a thought-based universe, that this universe is actually thought manifestation in, in dense, in, into a dense form. Um, so maybe we as a piece of the grand consciousness um, can manifest all these things. So we, what, when we, enough of us think that gray aliens exist, gray aliens are going to start popping in. Um, and maybe that is how this reality works, right? That we are all part of the divine creator. So, um, yeah, but I do believe that we kind of, we are, I don't know, the history thing's really interesting, man. I'm always at odds. Like, are we millions of years old or are we only 6,000, 7,000 years old? I don't know still. Like, I'm still researching a lot of it. It does seem like there are a lot of ancient impossible architecture, um, you know, instances all over the planet that seem, you know, way older than what conventional history and archaeology says. Uh, and um, so I, I, I don't know, man, but the, I haven't had any experiences with UFOs. I haven't had any experience. I've seen some UFOs actually in college. We saw some really crazy stuff that we think was from Van, Vanderburg Air Force Base when I was at UC Santa Barbara, but I've never seen like an alien in person. Now I have had weird experiences out in the bush with, I think, or Sasquatch. So um, yeah. So um, for me, it's like, if I don't have the personal actual like experience, then you know, it's all up in the air to me, but I, I do like to theorize about it. And I, I do, I, it does seem to me that he, there are, there are these phenomenon do exist. And it's just a matter of like how we want to quantify it. Um, and to me, it's all, if we understand that thoughts, we live in a thought-based reality, then anything's possible. Literally anything's possible. And I, I, I like that mindset. I think that's important to have that mindset. Cause if the opposite is the reductionist materialism, where it's like, and when I say experience it, I don't mean experience it like with my senses. I mean, experience it in my knowing, like, you know, I, that's a, it's a greater thing than just reductionist materialism, which means I need to smell, I need to weigh it. No, I mean, experience it in a way that could be something deep down I know is real. So, and I, I know that gets a little more 
iffy and how do you how do you explain how that works but i think deep down inside i know i believe sasquatch is real i don't know about gray aliens i honestly don't know but it seems like there's so much evidence out there that if anything we've created them with our own manifestations you know i don't know i mean what do you think what do you think about the <laughs> the aliens thing oh well yeah, I think I think there's something uh, for sure. I think that there's there's other races. You know, every uh, indigenous elder that I talked to, they were just they said there are many different races, mm -hmm. and uh, they had contact with them. Um, you know, you look in Africa and the Dogon tribe and these like fish people that come down, going to Egypt yep. and and all these ancient sites. They'll speak about the sky people or star people. Yep. And you know, one of the interesting things. Um, one of the elders told me was that they said, you know, this is basically the grand. Uh, this is grand central station for the universe, yeah. but it is an experiment and you can't get out. And then that would lend weight to the, uh, not all the flat earth theory, but just what they say about the dome, but the firmament is in the Bible. It's in many other things. It says there's a firmament, you can't get out. So what they're suggesting is we need to learn how to cooperate. We need to learn how to, you know, and like, yeah, like maybe it's just different people and different uh, backgrounds and different cultures. Maybe the Tower of Babel, we were all, you know, we're all homies, right? You know, we yeah. get together and then all of a sudden, you know, you're from America, so we can't hang out or you're from, you know, Europe and you're, you know, strange because I don't understand your your language. But what I have, what we're supposed to do is learn how to cooperate with all these different people, all these different cultures, but maybe it's, it's bigger than that. And so they suggest that uh, this is Grand Central Station. We can't get out unless we learn how to cooperate. And I feel like, our existence as a civilization is now to the point where it depends on our cooperation, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and if we know, like, man, it's tough if people are going to attack you, you know what I mean? So you, first of all, cannot be the person doing the attacking under any yeah. circumstance. And, and I've been using this quote so often, and I really love it by Rudolf Steiner that says anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And just don't restrict or bind other people unless exactly. they're trying to harm you, then do what you need to do. And so if we can cut all the baloney away and get lick, lick of all these propaganda things that separate us and start to be a good person, connect with the earth like you're doing through farming and, and education, you know, vote for other people's wins, look for ways to cooperate, we can um, move into a higher level of alignment with the universe. And I feel like it's going to be an individual choice. Um, and so I hope that we we're able to make that. And as a side note, I remember the first person that flat earthed me, I just learned about the formula for truth where basically uh, you just hear them out and you seek understanding. And so I'm, I'm always open-minded and let people, uh, you know, believe and tell me, cause I'm curious. I, I already know what I know and think. I don't know what yeah. you think. So if you think of something crazy, it's better for me. I don't get the crazier, the thing, the better. I like, really like, tell me all about it. And I've always been that way. And so um, as I was going down the flat uh, earth rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, we were smoking weed at the time too. And I used to smoke it when I was younger, but not so much as I've been older. Right. So I was <laughs> super high. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just getting BC buds you got up there. Oh God. So two hours, <laughs> two hours in this, and, and the place I was at was this, um, I had just been to contact in the desert. So All nice. kinds of crazy. First time of contact. I'd in love the to go to that. Oh, it was so good. You know, it was so good. Met Michael yeah. Tellinger, became friends, like, you know, met lots of epic people. And, uh, um, we were this place that he had was like this healing center. So we had like that, um, what is it? Had it like that tank that you said, the compression tank that big, you know, had all these different healing things mm -hmm. everywhere. So I was just going through these different healing things. So anyway, this guy that ran it, he was always made fun of him because he's always wearing a, uh, 
uh, robe and he's always lubed up. He's got this like super lube. That's like good for your skin. Every time I come in, he's just lubed up with, he's living the life, man. That guy has it wow. made. And so anyway, two hours of just getting flat earth, super high. And he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes like, and he just blew my mind like over and over again. He's pulling up YouTube videos. Cause I'm asking questions. What about this? What about that? And he goes, bro, you know, about the reptiles, right? It's like, yeah. And he goes, they inverted everything because you think they come from space, but reptiles come from the ground. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. I was like, that just was like, both. I was like, yeah. no, I was like, that would be nuts. I was like, no. And you know, I, I had someone, I think it was Mark Patelik actually, uh, he's on the podcast and, and, you know, interestingly enough, uh, one of the elders I was talking to said humanity split and you've got kind of like humans right and then you've got mm -hmm. these other ones that are not so disconnected this could be your transhumanism agenda and this yep. could be the result from the vaccines we can see that now so in this theory from the indigenous elder um they split and there's ets four miles up eating humans literally and i was mm -hmm. like that is the most insane thing i've ever heard I have no idea if it's true he just told me that story that's all i know mark patelic He's the second person to ever say that. And I haven't dove deep with him. He just said it in passing. I was like, wait, what? I was like, you're the only person. And he really does his research. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering oh, yeah. where he found that. I get like 30 emails from that guy a day. Every day. I know he lights me up too. So I'm just like going through it. I was like, how do you go through all this information? But he's, you know, a very fascinating guy. So, you know, there's another data point. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and if you look at the way things are going, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's true. Who, who knows? Like, I have no idea, but um, what's required for us to move forward at the end of the day is cooperation, no matter what is happening out there. Like these are like fun ideas or entertaining. It could be the yeah. truth, but we want to know. And, and even in that theory, they can't, they can't go out. They have technology that would go to different spots, like maybe Antarctica, because you can't travel there, right? There's something weird going mm -hmm. on with Antarctica, right? No one's allowed there. And, and apparently, I think it was Admiral Byrd said there's, you know, a full continents that are left unexplored. Maybe you could peek over and see these other things. But, you know, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I love the flat earth idea because I love people that have the balls to like go there, you know, and I don't. Oh, I resisted that for so long. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even with the, I'm open-minded, but you know how they ridicule it so long. Cause then it just discredits everything. And when you do that, then I'm like, you know what? There's probably something to it. If it's so vehemently uh, attacked, you know? And if, yeah, yeah if you've oh, got I, the dude, I, I'm the kind of person's like, I'm there right there. What you're talking about. You, you really talking seriously about this. Okay. I got to see what's up with this. So I was into yeah. Earth, like <laughs> right when it started and, um, and I, 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 the jury's out for me still because, um, when it comes to the kind of waveform physics that Dr. Lando and I talk about a lot, um, nature tends to go into spheres. And when we, we talk a lot about Walter Russell and how every, there is a natural spherical um, aspect to gravity and to magnetism and how it is, it, but it's in, but it's within a cube, like reality is a sphere in a cube. And so there's a, a channel we talked about, a YouTube channel we talked about on our one of our recent podcasts that um, is kind of taking Walter Russell, taking Flatter, taking a lot of this stuff and coming up with a theory that I really resonate with, which is kind of like everything. It's like, we do have a cosmos. We do have other, because um, like Rudolf Steiner and these guys, they talk about all these, the, the importance of the planets. And like, we use that for how we do biodynamic growing. Like the, the effects of the planets and the stars and all that, we see that in how we grow food. So there is something there and whether that's just the sky clock and that's just um, part of the simulation. And those are just maybe, I love the theory that stars are actually little angelic beings 
and um, there's people who have gotten really you know zoomed up telescopes and they each star looks completely different they're like morphing little crystalline little looking things they're not just a a a plasma ball like you would think our like our sun is and now maybe that's optics maybe that's just something that science can explain to me but i'm like to me i've always loved the idea that um that earth like earth mother gaia is an actual consciousness that makes a lot of sense to me and that you can evolve to be a planet and then you can evolve to be a sun in your consciousness right and that's actually like the steps towards going back to source your level of intelligence your level of ascension and there's a lot of traditions that talk about that and that all flat earth works with all of that so um, there's a lot of interesting things that comes with physics too, with flat earth that makes a lot of sense, but then there's also stuff that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So we're looking for that. It's like the new um, quantum and relativity, like for me trying to come with the globe and the flat earth and figure that out. And of course we can't trust anything NASA says. And the, one of the things I have problems with the flat earth guys Likewise, sometimes all they do is they just harp on NASA. Well, NASA lies, NASA. Well, we know NASA lies, but it doesn't mean still there's no globe. That still doesn't mean that maybe they're lying because they're trying to cover up the, the alien agenda. Maybe they're not trying to cover up flat earth, but they're trying to cover up the fact that when they, we did get to the moon, if we did get to the moon, there was aliens everywhere. So they had to hire Kubrick to make the, the fake moon landing because if we didn't, there'd literally be like a gray alien like on the camera. But then also the notion that they're instantly talking with them on the moon in 1960s with that technology with radios, it would take too long to be talking to them in real time. And then like, I mean, there's just, and the Van Allen belt and how do they get through there with, you know, and why do we never go back? And, but then it's supposedly the Chinese are back. And I mean, there's, there's, there's so much mind boggling stuff. We could get wrapped in this forever. Like there's the super soldiers, like Max, um, what was his name? Who, who was killed a few years ago. Uh, he was one of the like supposedly super soldier whistleblowers um, who was talking about how um, in the programs, they knew that the moon was actually artificial and it was what is keeping us here. So it stops our reincarnation or when we reincarnate, it stops us from going back to source or going back to a higher thing. It just, it just like sends us back here. And he could, when going out of body, they could like people that go by the moon, see them like can feel that energy and get shot back here. A lot of trippy stuff. I've heard that one. I hate that one. I remember hearing that one a few years ago. I was like, what? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. And, but the thing is too, one thing about the flat earth thing, I, cause I'm all about science still like Barry Lando and I are really like, we believe in empiricism, of course. Like I believe science is really important. We just don't like scientism, which is grounded on only the death wave of the of the wave cycle and doesn't doesn't take into all the other part of our reality right what consciousness is and the other um like etheric body and all your other senses you have and it's just really grounded in materialism but that being said we can do through our own consciousness our own experiments by doing remote viewing or or, or initiating out-of-body experiences um, and so i was always like well how come these astral projectors and stuff they go out and they see the globe but what's funny is I guess recent people who have been doing it have been seeing a flat earth. So maybe our reality once again goes back to the simulation theory that we created through our consciousness. And so when we're, when we're going out of body, we're just in another phase of the simulation. And yes, we, can, we know that people that go out of body together, see things together and they come back and they go see it in the real world. And that's how they you know, supposedly prove that out of body is something real. It's not just a quote unquote dream, but maybe still you're, they're doing something to create that. And in turn is being created in the real world because we, 
the this physical plane we are still creating ourselves too it's just all waveforms so maybe it just depends on consensus what the consensus of consciousness believes is what our reality is and if enough believe that flat earth then it is flat if enough believe in globe it's globe i don't know um these are all fun thought experiments right <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. My word. That's going to be like one of the captions. I just, you know, if you want to know what the Matt Belair podcast is like, I'm just going to chop up that five minutes and be like, deal, <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> so can we, can we talk about crypto real quick? Because, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Because let's talk about crypto. Because <laughs> I'm bringing up consensus, right? Consensus, yeah. the understanding what consensus is. Consensus, all that is, it's like a group of conscious individuals who all come to agreement on something. And that's really what cooperation is that's what community is right like you know that's why i feel like well we talk about democracy a lot here in the west and why democracy is important but really we know democracy can be mob rule but still democracy is typically based on consensus it's on a consensus of hopefully people that are educated and know fact and reality cons have consensus that this is the right way to go and in general, we want to believe that humans are good natured. And if we have enough consensus, we'll be doing the right thing. Um, and I, I personally believe in the, in the idea that most humans are good, right? Are good natured, good people. Um, so uh, consensus in a decentralized system is really important. And that's why I love crypto is because if you do it right, and you do the right consensus mechanism, you can actually really combat centralization that we have in our in our in our monetary system, in our government system, in our in our education system, in our medical system, in our even in spiritual systems, right? With centralized religions and all that. Not saying that we're going to put spirit on the blockchain, but my point is we can really get innovative and creative with consensus mechanisms to create the future kind of operating system that is completely like like a star trek world where we do have ai we do have the fourth um uh, revolution of uh, you know industrial revolution that klaus schwab's talking about but it's completely decentralized and maybe we can have a star wars world where we look out on a farm and we've got little droids doing some of the farming so that we have time to like go snowboard and do amazing spiritual practice and then choose to get our hands in the dirt and really do the work when we need to, because we've evolved to know what, that we need to do that when we need to do that. But we have these, these helpers that are helping us too, that aren't using dirty electricity that counters the natural waveforms of nature. Maybe they are natural. Maybe they'll actually, we figure out ways that they are actually nature itself. We don't need the robots. Maybe it's through some form where we energetically are working with the plant life so that it automates, right? But my point is, I don't like the regressivism necessarily in the truth or movement that's always about like, let's go back to the 1800s. I think we need to be progressive in terms of evolving technology and consciousness as long as it's done in a way that's in, in, in concordance with the natural rhythms of the universe, universal law um, and decentralized. So um, I think there's really exciting ways we can look towards future stuff of the fourth industrial revolution and are on our terms to so that we're not slaving away in factories humans were never meant i don't believe to be slaving slaving away in a factory right and that was always a contention i had with trump it was like and i know it was kind of emergency time we got to get the jobs back but i think that's short-sighted it's like 
why don't we talk about getting jobs that people actually want that are beneficial for new new ways, whether that be like better farming and better health and better wellness and better technology um, and lead the way instead of going back and working in a coal plant, you know? So, um, but these are all exciting things that we like to talk about on AlphaCast. And I, I like to really push people to thinking bigger and broader, but also, and not getting trapped in the paradigm thought that we're always forced into. It's just gotta be left or right, or just gotta be progressivism or conservatism, or it's just gotta be technology or just all natural. No, like let's think outside the box people. Let's be innovative. Let's, let's really start to push the envelope, but let's always be in tune with our heart and our spirit and be very conscious of what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I feel like, especially when we're going into these topics and what's going on in the world and anything, any, any big idea, there are bits of truth in all of it. And, you know, over time we'll get more truth and, and uh, we'll discover more as uh, a species. And with, you know, with science, unfortunately, it's kind of been hijacked. You know, the universities have been hijacked and some of these theories have been hijacked and we still have the scientific method and we've, we've used science to make incredible gains, you know, to, to make, um, you know, wonders on the planet. And so if we can um, just focus on um, all the technologies, but also the traits of being like the character, like infusing them with spirit, infusing them with uh, goodness and values, right? And using them yes. for good because anything can be used for good or bad. You know what I mean? You can use a shovel to, uh, you know, do some gardening and you can use it to whack your neighbor in the head. Like, you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? It's, it's just a tool. And these you can use a gun to shoot. You can use a gun to a rifle to shoot someone or you can use it to bring food to your family, you know? It, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're having these advanced tools and I feel like part of what we're going through is we're this teenage species, you know, we're still violent, we're still angry, we're still uh, not as forgiving and compassionate as we could be, uh, and we're still conquering. And, you know, we could blame this on the global elites and, and these systems, and we could say, hey, you know, how many human beings are participating in that? You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to be participating in freedom, in compassion, in sustainable systems that work for people and the planet. And so that requires participation. And, you know, when I'm working with a lot of people about life purpose and things like that, uh, they're, they're a lot of times they're like, well, how do I get compensated? Well, the compensation comes from the universe, but it, it has to come from your will to make the contribution and leap toward what you're made to do. You know what I mean? That yes. has to be first and foremost. The compensation is kind of second, unfortunately, you know what I mean? Because that's just kind of how it works. It doesn't mean you can't figure it out. I have every faith that every single person can and will figure it out. And that'll honor their life force, their contribution to the whole. And when more of us do that, more of the, it's going to be way friggin' easier because we're going to be um, symbiotic. We're going to be helping and supporting and merging and, and, and creating uh, all together with, with similar visions, but in our own unique way. And so I feel like that is so imperative right now to adopt that philosophy as we are engaging with new technologies that literally create paradigm shifts, you know? And so yeah. it's like giving a, you know, a, a five-year-old a gun to go hunting. Like maybe they're not responsible enough or, you know, a 10-year-old behind the wheel, like, yes, cars are good, 
but um, not at that age because they don't know how to handle it yet. And so, you know, as a species, all these advanced technologies, we need to grow up and just be kind to not kill each other, to not be violent, you know, no matter what is being fed to your mind or whatever excuse you want to make, you need to not be violent. And I, you know, I go back and forth as a martial artist on this, but I'm like, it's getting to the point where, you know, if I have to defend, I will defend, but it's the last thing I want to do. I'll run in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Give me any opportunity to leave this situation and I will, but it's challenging when there's groups of people that really want to oppress. And so all that's required is for people to stop participating in the oppression and to move toward uh, actions of kindness, of compassion, of community and solutions. And that's all that's really required is our participation, you know, because people will want to join that. It's a, it's a different resonance. It feels a lot better. It feels a lot better to be celebrating people's success and wanting to work together and cooperating than sitting there and being like, these guys are the worst people and I hate them and they're, they're ruining everything. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's not as nice. You, you hit the nail on the head on so many things there, Matt, and you, you're doing such amazing work that people don't, aren't, I don't think are necessarily always aware of because people know you as a podcaster, but you actually, as a, as a coach, as like a, you know, a life success coach, as a, as a wellness coach, that is first and foremost, what everybody needs to be really honing in on is like getting, getting your, getting your own backyard cleaned up first. Right. That's something that I really worked on the last, you know, since I moved my family up here to middle of nowhere, basically um, it gave me that time and that space to really get clear, get clear and understand what my intentions are in my life. What really works for me health wise, um, spiritually, um, what my routines are that really keep me there. Um, and then until you do that work and until you are really, um, uh, you know, self-loving and, and being an example for the world, you can't really go out and then, and then affect others, right? It's first an individual kind of work. And then it's, it's never over. Of course, it's like, you're always working on yourself, of course. But um, what, what you just said there is so important. It's like, yeah, people need to really take those steps first and foremost before pointing the finger and before worrying about the externalities. And then once you feel like you're, you're kind of there, then I think the universe will then tell you, really give you signs of why you're here and what your mission is. Because I do believe each person has, each soul has a mission on this planet. And me, for me personally, I, I did every job known to man and I was trying everything and I kept failing at it because I wasn't on that mission because I hadn't done the work. I hadn't done the personal work until recently. And now I know it's, it's really wild. So, um, but yeah, man, you do, you, you, what you do is so important. And, uh, you know, um, the martial arts stuff is fascinating to me. I want to get back into doing more of that jujitsu um, and then like Qigong and, and that kind of more kind of the quieter work, you know, there's more spiritual work. I do a bit of Qigong every morning uh, with some Kundalini yoga and breath work, but I actually want to like get a, get an actual instructor and start doing it the right way, <laughs> you know? Um, but um, real quick on the back on the crypto stuff is I think one thing that what I love about the crypto and what it relates to what you're just saying is it's all about sovereignty and taking responsibility for your money, for your assets, for yourself it is all in line with exactly martial arts and with everything we're talking about health. It's all about sovereignty, right? And, and being really responsible and for everything in your life. Um, and it's the responsibility, I think, that is something that we've been lacking as, as this teenage race you're talking about. And we do have a lot of like grown up kids running around. 
Uh, you see it everywhere in society. I think it's like we've regressed in that way because of the comforts of, of the um, of the inflationary um, debt-based system we've had for the last hundred years. Um, it's allowed, or a couple hundred years, it's allowed us, because we're on this like massive Ponzi scheme of debt, that's allowed us to be consumers and have all these, um, you know, these wonderful things like everybody has a nice car and everybody has a smartphone and everybody is pretty comfortable in the West. I mean, I know there's a lot of poverty in the world. I'm saying where we are right now, um, even like, you know, you see homeless people with smartphones, right? Um, and that's because of the inflationary system that's been set up. The debt-based system is allowed for that, but that's all crashing now. That's all that's all ending. That's why we have the great reset. That's why they're pushing the fourth industrial revolution is because they know if we continue the way it's been going, it will crash. But if we can now move to where human capital systems are being in, inserted, where now the humans themselves are the debt system, where we now are part of the AI automation and we are essentially one step more enslaved. So we're not choosing our enslavement through the crappy fast food we buy and the crappy programming we watch, but now we're gonna literally choose it by having the um, AI in us and tracking us. And, and um, it, it's going that next level of matrix. So um, how, do we, how do we stop that? How do we, through sovereignty, it's through spirituality, understanding who we are, cleaning up our backyard, and then cooperating, as you said, with our neighbors, and, and working together in a more naturalistic way, using something like crypto, using something like permaculture, um, cooperatives in commerce, getting decentralized, um, and then and just opting out, like you said, just like opting out of the predator class built system, which has been really easy so far to be opting in for the most part, because you've always been able to have like a foot in, even if you're awake, it's like, oh, I'll watch some football with my homies and drink some beers and like, oh, I know it's like these terrible commercials on that are have Luciferian imagery in them and stuff and we'll make fun of them. But, you know, it's still like society's not that bad. But now it's like time to make the decision, because if you still stay with the system, you are literally selling your soul. So um, that's why it's such an amazing time right now, because it's like finally like for me, 2020 was amazing because it was like everything I've known and talked about for 20 years is all come to fruition. And it's like, finally, like people realize like now is the time to, to go for it, you know? So um, 2021, we call it, Bear and I, we said it in our, our end of the 2020 wrap-up show and like kind of looking towards 2021, we're calling it the year of the unmasking. We're going to really see a lot of these characters get unmasked for who they are and we're going to see a lot of awakening happening. Yeah, man. Well, shoot, that's all amazing. And I see it as like this pacification, you know what I mean? Everything's just so comfortable, so warm and so easy. We forgot how to, to do anything, you know what I mean? We became kind of useless. It's basically like the movie Wall-E where, every, where everyone's floating around and they're drinking. They don't even have to lift their hand to drink and they get rolled into their bed, um, right? And that's, that's created a lot of weakness and a lot of disconnection. And mm-hmm. um, it creates this disempowerment because we don't feel capable. We don't feel connected to ourselves and our souls and and, and we don't feel connected to anything else. And that's why uh, I'm grateful for some of the training that I chose to do. And it's always been incredibly hard. And I know that I get into these situations where um, I take the easy road when I'm at home and, you know, I'm, I'm living in a certain spot because it becomes easy. So I force myself into these places, into these travels, into these experiences where it's going to push me 
because I want to remember what I'm capable of. And each time I do that, it's, it's installed into my DNA. It's installed into my being. So if I ever need to bring that up, it's like, you know, I've had that experience. I do things um, that are uncommon so I can experience life. I can experience my capabilities. I don't pacify myself because ultimately it is a choice. Yeah. It's the easier choice, but you know, because we can go buy our meat and buy our food, we don't know how to hunt and we don't know how to grow a vegetable. Right. If we knew yeah. how to hunt and grow vegetables and had some land, you wouldn't be worried about this because you would be self-sustaining and you'd have a community. It would be nice and uh, you would you wouldn't have an issue. And maybe it's the um, the uh, Mennonites and uh, some of these other cultures that have it made. They don't have any stress. They they all work together. They build the best furniture that will last you forever. They can erect the farm, you know, immediately. They know exactly what they have got. No stress. They don't they probably don't even know what's going on because they don't have any TVs. You know what I mean? Great, Maybe they're great just fire, so, great fireplaces. Yeah. Great, you know what I mean? Like, so they, they kind of yeah. knew what's going on and I'm, I'm all for that. You know what I mean? And so, well, the one thing I want to ask about crypto, cause I know you're, uh, you're an expert in it. Um, my concern is with the ID 2020 and the whole digital, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they want to put everything into like the digital world, right? Make everything uh, digitalized, all money digital. So money's fake enough already, then alone putting it on a, a computer that's even faker. So is there, would there I'm like, yes, please do it. Please do yeah, it. Yeah. You would know there... why? Because it's going to, it's going to drive more people into an alternative and they're going to see that, oh, well, Bitcoin is an answer to this. And the reason why I love Bitcoin, while its functionality isn't as ideal as some of the newer coins, it is grounded in decentralization. There's no corporation that owns it. It is completely, for the most part, I mean, it has some problems with the mining um, you know, farms and stuff. But um, anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Matt, but um, I, I know where you're going with this. And I'm like, yes, yes. As a crypto guy, I'm like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for because it's going to wake people up more to digital currency. And that decentralized digital currency is much more preferable than draconian uh, DNA, like synced, you know, uh, universal dollar where it's like everything you do is tapped into your health insurance and your ability to do any commerce is like tracked. So, anyways. so that would, that would be separate from what they want to, what they want to put forth. And is there any way that if they freak, right. Cause they're, they're deep lap, like parlor got, you know, they've had the power to literally wipe that whole thing out. So could the banking system essentially wipe out crypto through some sort of internet thing where they're like, okay, all the money you had in there is like, boop, gone. No, so the beauty of, of Bitcoin is the consensus and that the fact that consensus is run by nodes, just like, you know, it's a decentralized system like a BitTorrent, right? Where you have um, like the way, you know, how BitTorrents work, like the classic, like Napster or whatever, where you have all different uh, uh, computers all over the world that have little bits and it all combines together and, and gives you the file. So you can't go find that file. You'd have to go to everyone's house, knock on the door. Hey, you got that? You're running that node. Now, maybe they'll have some crazy AI that can like track everybody and know, and that's where privacy is really important. But with with just true decentralized systems, um, it's not now it's not on the same network. It's a decentralized network. So they can't just turn it off. Um, we've done podcasts on this. It's a pretty deep subject. Um, the only way that Bitcoin, I feel it could be attacked now is through China. If they were able to, Chinese government were able to go to the mining farms and co-op them and they could spam the network, which would just cause disruption in the markets. Um, and that could pro cause problems, but they could never like turn off Bitcoin or stop Bitcoin. Even if the internet is turned off, you have abilities to run your own networks. 
um, through mesh networks, through all sorts of different other ways of consensus. So there's no way to, it's the, it's out. The Pandora's box was, is open. And what I like about Bitcoin, while it's not a perfect technology in some sense, it is a, it is truly decentralized. There's no corporation behind it. There have been people who have tried to co-op it and take it over, um, but that uh, it, it doesn't exist. Um, uh, where you have the ICO boom, the Ethereum's and such, the Cardano's, the you know the, they're all corporate owned, which is against the, the 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 whole idea of crypto to begin with. Uh, so I'm not a fan of of corporate controlled coins. Um, we have a project called Cordal that I'm a founder of, and it's like Bitcoin, where there's no corporation behind it. It's fully uh, open source. It's uh, all done just through de developers who have sacrificed time and sweat and blood on their own dollar and their own dime, and we've taken donations. Uh, and it's there's no centralization there behind it. When you have a CEO that has done an, an, an uh, you know coin offering one they play with the market dynamics a lot and they manipulate it uh, and then two you have a centralized vector to stop the project um, you know so you know I have problems with with those projects um, so the other project I have the other problem I have with crypto is the centralized exchanges that's an attack point on the markets there because we know those are, are corrupted we know those uh, lead to all sorts of uh, Ponzi type silly you know schemes with with the money and that's where, where Bitcoin's value is all messed up right now it's because we have major centralized exchanges like coinbase that have direct ties to central bankers who are able to manipulate and control um, the trading there because they most people don't have their private keys on centralized exchanges and they, it's all sorts of funny business. They've been caught doing it. And then you've got Tether, which is another problem with these stable coins. So there's a lot of problems with centralization um, that, we, that we have in crypto that um, we've been trying to fix with some projects that I've been involved with. Um, now you mentioned um, you know, the problem of, of like taking out Parler. Well, the reason why Parler is can be taken out is because it's centralized. It's on a centralized server. It's on using the Amazon AWS, which is 50% of all um, web hosting. You know, when the internet started, it was like Bitcoin. It was decentralized. Everyone ran their own servers and you fired up the protocol and you're able to access these little, I don't know if you remember, I don't know, you're younger than I am, but I was there when the internet started when I was like in sixth, seventh grade and I hadn't I wasn't, believe it or not, I wasn't a super nerd. I, I mean, I was into Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but I was like a jock playing basketball, running track, soccer. But I had, I also had friends through AD&D and video games and stuff that were like mega nerds and were like building their own forums back in the day called BB, like BB forums and stuff that would look like, you know, like a Nintendo 8-bit graphics of like a castle. And you'd go in, you'd put your, you put your phone in on a modem and it would dial it like that movie War Games or whatever. Oh yeah, I had the dial up. Oh yeah, man. Did the you? Internet, internet at cafes yeah. you go into the forum i remember like yeah you could talk to anyone in the world it was so fast yeah oh but yeah see those are all people running servers that was before CompuServe and and um you know uh the other companies started internet service providers came into existence and once isps came into existence then that was the first initial centralization of the internet and so now fast forward now we've got hosting being completely controlled by like three companies and so they can shut down something like Parler because they require that service to host the data of a robust type of Twitter-like program. That takes a lot of uh, informational database processing power that's really expensive to do yourself. So what we're doing with our project Cordal is we're taking the original internet idea, applying Bitcoin-like blockchain 
um, prerogatives with a whole better type of consensus in, and um, that Ethereum basically stole. Ethereum took this initial smart contract concepts that our original developers had and corporatized it and wanted to bring our original developers over. And they said, no, you, we don't believe in Ethereum. We, we, Hodgkinson, um, Vitalik, those guys are, are, th are not only thieves, but they also know what they're doing. And I think they're like the new Zuckerbergs. I think they're centrally co-opted by, by intelligence agencies. So be very careful. And you were mentioning, uh, who was it that was just saying, be careful, crypto is a honeypot. Um, uh, who I, were think you I think I just Corbett. got something forwarded by Corbett. I, I didn't watch it yet, though. But my, my idea is that he, it's like good and bad. I don't know. I need to watch there it. There are some seriously scary things right now with crypto, with Ethereum. With, with this, they're create they're trying to create the new internet through Ethereum and through these smart contracts. And the problem with that is it's like all centrally corporately owned. And I have serious problems with it. I do. So I'm in a way somewhat of a Bitcoin maximalist, but also I, I believe in like, I like Monero. There are other projects I like. Um, I like Pirate Chain, who are partners with us. Look into them. They're an amazing privacy coin. Um, and then our project, Cordal, with the Q, Q-O-R-T-A-L. There are projects that have the original cypherpunk mentality that are open source, that aren't corporate centrally controlled. Um, and so I think that's really important for people to understand is you must be decentralized. You know, a lot of people throw around the term the blockchain, like we got to put it on the blockchain. There is no the blockchain. Blockchain <laughs> is like a wheel. It's like fire. It's just a technology. So um, it depends on what blockchain you put it on. So like Bitcoin is great because it has the longest legacy. It's, it's, it's an amazing invention. Uh, the blockchain is an amazing invention, but when you apply it like Bitcoin in a decentralized way, it's very powerful because it's like, you know, blockchain is like the pyramids. It's a it's an immutable thing of a, a, a record of history, a record of truth. So that's the pyramids. I always say was like the original blockchain. That's why the the ancient those ancients knew that stone putting stuff in stone would last, and that would be immutable truth that they could have through the era, through the ages. That's what decentralized public blockchain can be for us now. So. Um, it's really exciting technology, but obviously the inverted inversion will be happening and the centralized forces are like, ah, how can we manipulate and control this? And yeah, they can use it in very nefarious ways. And, and so we must be very careful with how we tread forward and, um, you know, make sure it's decentralized public um, blockchains that we support um, that aren't co-opted by corporate entities and, you know, um, intelligence and government and all that. Holy smokes, brother. That was, <laughs> that was another good download. I, I think like in the middle of that, like my eyes were bugging out because everything on your screen is getting a little bit darker. And then I'm looking yeah. at your, your orange glasses. So then you're morphing into like a men in black ET. And I'm like, all right, too much ET talk. Now we're in like the, the abyss of the blockchain. I was like, dude, this is, this is also amazing, bro. And that's why I want to have you on because you have such a deep level of knowledge on so many things. We'd even touch, uh, on mud floods, which are new to me, tar yes. uh, Tartaria, Tartaria or whatever. Dude. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, but I'm, I gotta, I gotta, um, get going here. Cause I got yeah, some stuff here. to do, but let's get you back on the show and just go down those two things. You're definitely a wealth of knowledge and this has been epic. Um, <laughs> let's do Tartaria it. is, um, if, for those that don't know, if you go down the, the, the flat earth, you know, rabbit holes, it'll take you into Tartaria and the mud flood. And I hit that about five years ago, four years ago, right when it was really, and I don't know why I get these stuff so early. I don't know, Matt, I'm not like, 
super like always researching, but it just came across my lap and I, as a history buff, anyways, we'll do another show on that. Um, there's some great channels that you can, you can watch that just talk about this every day. And I have problems with it too. Like I brought it up in our, one of our last alpha casts. It's like, there's no unified theory of why, like the impossible archaeology is there like it's just like just say oh a mud flood and then but then why is like my family line not know about them why is i mean how do they hide the mud flood you know like so anyways people probably don't have the context of what i'm talking about but go look it up yourself and then you and i can go deep into a mud flood tartaria world because that is really fascinating yeah, man, I, I'm so because I, I saw a couple of videos. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And you look at like, you know, even when you're talking about uh, North America being like possibly Numeria or Atlantis. And when I was uh, training with the indigenous elders, they said that there is something like um, Atlantis that's off the coast of uh, um, uh, Halifax in mm. uh, northern Maine. And so mm -hmm. something going on there. So I hear about all these ancient civilizations and you know what? It makes, it makes perfect sense. Like we, all I know is that history has been written by the winners and everything that I, every time I flip it over, it's inverted. It's yep. always the opposite of what I was told and taught. And uh, it's not life affirming. It's like, like bear. I love that. I, I, what does Walter Russell say? Is it life affirming? Is that him or are the, like the entropy wave or what is, what's, what I mean, he has about? so many quotes. I mean, yeah, I don't know epic. which one, but light is the universal light is the one. So basically, um, yeah, like it's just uh, all knowledge and truth is in the center fulcrum that we all can have, um, in which is where God lies and everything else is just um, thought forms. So there is universal truth that we all can know by going quiet and deep and silent. And that's why breath work and meditation is so important. Um, and I'll leave it at that you know, go to your practice, everyone, like all of this conspiracy stuff and real history and what real, what money really is and what governments really are. That's all really important. But how does that really affect your day-to-day -day life? I mean, obviously it does, but really when it comes down to it, the most important thing I think for us is to do the work of internally, spiritually, emotionally, emotions, right? So important. And so that's why we mostly talk about stuff like it that you talk about, which is like martial arts, breath work, um, uh, meditation, um, all those practices, journaling, um, living in the present, gratitude, right? Um, your thing, helping three, do three acts of kindness every day and don't tell anyone, which is something I've stolen from you and is amazing. So um, these are all the things I think are really easy to start doing. And, you're, and because you're in your own hero's journey, in your life and all these externalities matter, but not in the end, not really. You're in your own hero's journey. So do the things for you that can affect your life right now, right? So like literally start taking cold showers, just try it. Or try doing 30 minutes of meditation every morning. I just start trying to do these things and your life will, universe will start giving you signs and giving you more and more. It's, it just, I've seen it in my life. I know Matt, you've seen it in your life. So those are the kind of things I love to talk about the most. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully agree with that because the rabbit holes are never ending and it does change your perspective on things, but it is a never ending process. And the most important thing that you can do is 
cultivate your relationship with your creator, God, spirit, the universe, and whatever you see that and taking care of your vessel and, and, and living with integrity and compassion and service. And, uh, you know, in a divine way of like asking for guidance, seeking the guidance, having respect for self, respect for other people and doing good work. And then if you want to go down these rabbit holes, which are entertaining, you know, if I know for sure that the earth is round, is it going to change my life? If then I lie, I find out and I know for sure that it's flat. And then, you know, six years later, then I find out it's an octagon, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. It'll just kind of come up. Then <laughs> I think I, then, it'll only affect your life if you're like a t cartographer or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That I learn about, you know, <laughs> the pyramids were built by aliens. No, they're built by humans, whatever. Like it's, it's entertaining and it's cool. And I do want to know, and I do think it's important. And at the same time, it's secondary to the other work, the personal work, your contribution to community, uh, your self, like the knowledge of being self-sustainable gardening trumps that. Now I'm doing more outdoor stuff. You know, I'm learning a lot more about that kind of thing because I just want to be self-sustainable, uh, reliable, and be able to provide for myself and my family, no matter what. That to me is, as a human being, is the most empowering knowledge. And that's why it's really cool. You guys do so much with gardening and supplements and health and all that kind of stuff. So uh, just- I just appreciate you guys. You're, you're amazing. Um, if people want to find more about you, where do they go? Um, the best place nowadays is uh, just go to alphavedic.com. I'm, I'm mostly, I've kind of gotten off mainstream uh, in, uh, social media. So I'm kind of dabbling in MeWe a little bit. I'm dabbling in, I'm mostly on Telegram and, and our Discord now. Um, I've totally left Instagram. I'm barely ever on Facebook except to talk to the relatives. Uh, so, um, alphavedic.com that's a L F A V E D I C as in like alpha waves and like the Vedics. Um, and so, yeah, you can go to our website there and then we have a co-op we do right now through Patreon, but the plan is to decentralize that and go, uh, lots of stuff this year. So, but anyways, we have a agricultural kind of foundational co-op that you can join. You get discounts to our products, but also you can join us on our private discord. You can join us um, in, in um, we, we try to put a lot in there in terms of like soil science and, and different like biodynamic farming techniques, permaculture. And we're trying to basically uh, create a new a community around bartering and around sharing and, and all this. And it's a worldwide co-op that's digital in a way, but also we will be doing workshops on the farm permaculture stuff and then the idea is to build a network of small farmers that are decentralized that can literally grow ingredients that we can then sell together uh in our products and also like barter and work with each other so um that's all on patreon.com forward slash alpha vedic Amazing, brother. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. And uh, I look forward to navigating 2021 in the future with you and, and just aligning with uh, all the amazing souls that are coming together who want solutions and will um, take the actions to build something better together. So thanks for putting in the work, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, man. And one more thing. We've got Reunion Summit coming out on the spring equinox. Huge people on there. Something I've been working on with Josh Del Sol, who you know from the 5G Summit. We, sh we shot a lot of the stuff in person in Joshua Tree last year in the fall. Uh, and then we have Zoom panels coming. It's going to be like the like solution summit of the year. People like Kelly Brogan, Sayer G., um, I've got people from crypto. I've got people from permaculture, people like, uh, Troy Casey, who I really need to connect you with. I don't know if you connected with him yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's been on the yeah. show. Yeah. He's awesome. 
Oh, so yeah, he's like super involved and stuff. So we need to get you involved too, bro. So we'll figure out um, how to get you in there. But Reunion Summit, uh, it will be launching. The website will be launching in hopefully a week or two weeks for registration. Um, so just go to alphavedic.com, join our Telegram to get all that information. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a really fun uh, seven-day event, online event. Amazing, brother. Yeah, I will be there. I will promote it. I know, uh, you know, the, the groups of people that you're in, like everybody you listed is amazing. Uh, they have a track record of being of service, very wise and all solutions oriented. So uh, amazing stuff. And I look forward to it. Cool, brother. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. And we got to have you back on AlphaCast this year. Let's figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out, brother. Okay, buddy. Okay. Thanks, everybody for watching. Thanks for coming, man. Peace.